podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Coming up today on the 1012 Podcast, Justin Williams of The Athletic joins us to talk about Cincinnati and the Big 12, his thoughts on the conference now that he is covering it. We've got a new show in the network. I cannot wait for you to meet Joe and Matt of the Bear Den who cover the Baylor Bears. We've got a lot more information about the network. Big week here. Stick around. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 14 teams in the Big 12 Conference, plus Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. <laughs> I still can't get used to it. We are the flagship show of the 1012 Network. You can find every show on the network at 1012network.com. We are partners with Sports Social, the biggest and best podcast network in the UK. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. 1012 Xmas is here. 1012 launch week. I still haven't decided. I still haven't figured this out. What I have figured out is I am very excited about today. We got a lot of shop to talk with you, but that's because there's so much going on with the network this week. This is the week to do it. It's the week. Week zero is next week. We're two weeks out from Big 12 football getting underway. This is the perfect time to just bring a lot of new to the network. Every podcast is someone's first. So let me kind of lay the groundwork for you as to what we have tried to do here at the 1012 Network. The 1012 Network was started two years ago, launched in August of 2021, right after the news of Oklahoma and Texas leaving for the SEC had dropped. Yes, it was a staggering and startling and concerning moment that I was trying to launch a podcast network geared specifically to the Big 12 Conference when... For a minute there, we weren't sure the conference would still exist, all of the Pac-12. Now, luckily, Bob Bowlesby brought in the four best, most valuable, at the time, G5 programs to help bolster the ranks in the Big 12, get it back to 12 teams once Oklahoma and Texas left. Now, Brett Yormark has secured the conference a good TV deal, and we have brought on four new programs. Well, one old one and three new ones into the conference for what will be a 16-team Big 12 next year. During all this, the 1012 Network has continued to grow and continued to do what it was intended to do from the get-go. Have one show for every school to fully represent this conference and be the biggest community of advocates for the Big 12 possible. Be a one-stop shop for Big 12 fans to go to learn about their teams, to root for their teams, to learn about the Big 12 Conference as a whole, the teams that they face on a regular basis. That's what we have wanted to be. Last week, we were a collection of 11 podcasts, 10, 12 podcasts here, which covers the Conference, Midwest Madness, which is our basketball show. We had Give Him Hell Brigham for BYU, Rock Chalk Podcast for Kansas, Raspy Voice Kids for West Virginia, Bosco's Boys for Kansas State, Viva La Cats for Cincinnati, Tortillas and Takes for Texas Tech, Sons of UCF for UCF, Feels Like 45 for Oklahoma State, and Scott and Holman Podcast for Houston. We were a few schools shy. We've had shows come and go in the network since it launched. We've brought shows on that were already successful. We've launched shows from scratch that have become very successful. And this week I am thrilled because this week we are growing the network substantially. 
I'm going to introduce you to each of the new podcasts over the next couple of weeks. We're going to have them on, have interviews with each of these shows. Today, as of Monday, officially is launch day as we welcome the Bear Den to the 1012 Network. Joe and Matt do an incredible job covering the Baylor Bears. We have a Baylor Bear show again, and I am thrilled about that. We're going to talk with them here on the show here coming up in a little bit. I've spent a lot of time this year looking for a replacement for Between Two Bears since they left to join the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast Network. And I put a lot of thought into it, a lot of energy. I'm I'm, I'm serious. Um, And the Bear Den was the best option for us. And I love the work that Joe and Matt do. It is a show that I listen to as often as I can. I think you guys are going to enjoy it as well. Whether you're a diehard Baylor fan or you like to talk about nerdy pop culture stuff, which they do, or you just like the Big 12, you're going to enjoy their show. You're going to laugh. You're going to be glad that they're part of the network. So if you are a Baylor fan, stick around. You're going to listen and you are not aware of the Bayer Den. Stick around. You're going to like it. We've got a show we're going to announce on Tuesday. We've got a show we're going to announce on Wednesday. We've got a show we're going to announce on Thursday. We're going to announce four new podcast additions to the network. I still won't have everybody covered. And I don't just mean from the four that are going to join. We've still got one current Big 12 school we've got to get a show for. Um, I've still got my work cut out for me. The goal remains the same. And the goal now is that by July of next year, when our four newcomers join the conference, we will have all 16 teams covered, as well as Basketball Pod, another sport pod that we'll be launching, and, and hopefully more from there. So this is a big launch week for us. And I expect more of these this fall and more of these as we get closer to the end of the year. Don't forget, you can find every show on the network at 1012network.com. We'll be updating the new shows to that website each day as we announce them on Twitter at 1012network, T-E-N, the number 12, the word network. Another little bit of business. Um, We're going to have an interview with the man behind Sports Social. You've probably heard me mention them in the intro now for a few episodes. They are a UK-based sports podcast network. There is not a bigger podcast network in the UK, sports podcast specifically. We are thrilled to be partnering with them as a network. A lot of the shows will be partnered with them. Not everybody is going to be joining with them. That's okay. The whole point of the 1012 Network is to get a collection of shows together with a single goal in mind. I don't own anyone's stuff. I don't tell anybody what to do. I am simply here to try and do what's best for the podcasts who have um, honored me with allowing me the opportunity to help them grow, help promote them, and, and help provide them with resources that they need to do as good a job as possible. So if you've been listening to the show, you've noticed there's some ads that run. Um, these are not I'm, I'm not landing all these. These are ads that are supplied to us by Sports Social. This is me trying to generate more revenue because the more revenue that we can make on this show and the other shows, the more time we can invest into the show to continue to make it better. The more things I can provide to you, the listeners of the show, to give you a better experience. That is my whole thing. I can make more time for this if I can make some money to justify it. I got three kids. I got a wife. I got a mortgage. I got a full-time job. I love this with every fiber of my being. I, I love doing this show. But it is not as important as the full-time job, the one that puts food on the kid's table. Uh, It is not as important as my three young girls. It's not as important as my wife. It's just not. Um, But to be able to elevate it in its position in my life, 
We're not going to make a little bit of money off of it. So that's why you're hearing ads. There's something else that we are now doing here for the network. Uh, the link is available in the show notes, but we have launched a 1012 Network Patreon. Let me make something very clear about this. You can just go patreon.com forward slash 1012 network, T-E-N, the number 12, the word network. Um, this is an opportunity for you listeners of this show and listeners of many of the 1012 network podcasts to say thank you, to offer a sign of support to the shows. You go to the website, you go to patreon.com forward slash 1012 network. You pick your favorite show or multiple if you just really want to be nice. Um, for $5 a month, you can show your support. What is this going to get you? I thank you at most. Um, knowing that you're helping these shows continue to be able to provide you the level of content, if not greater, that you already expect. There is no plan in place at the moment for content created exclusively for Patreon. There is no plan in place. That does not mean that I don't hope to have one in the future, but at the current moment, that is not the purpose of this thing. It is just a way for fans of this show, fans of the other shows to say, hey, I love what you do. I appreciate what you do. I want you to be able to continue to do it. I want you to be able to do more. Um, here's my way of saying thanks. That's it. There is some content on there. I actually wrote an article for it, uh, breaking down uh, the non-conference schedule situation for Arizona, Colorado, Utah, Houston, Kansas State, um, because there's a whole lot of spots that are going to have to be filled once the four corner schools join the conference, because there's a lot of teams who already had each other scheduled who are going to have to remove those probably. Maybe the Big 12 will give them some leeway. So I, I literally broke down how every option available broke each team down and what they have to deal with school by school. So that is available out there right now if you want to go check it out. I'm not promising content because I can't sit here and promise that I can create a new piece of written copy or an exclusive interview or anything on there on a regular basis. I will try to. And I do hope that at some point in the future, we can create some content that you guys will like that we behind that paywall. But for right now, it's just a way to show your support. Other ways you can show your support, listen to every show. If you're an iTunes listener, five stars and a rating, it really does help the shows out. It, 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 it is an easy and simple way for you to say thank you. And I don't, I'm not trying to be like, you know what, you should thank us for doing this. I do this because I want to. I do this because it's fun. I do it because I love it. I do it because I love the Big 12 Conference. But if you like what we do, if you like what I do, if you like what the other shows do, it's an easy way to be like, hey, you guys do a good job. Let me reward you. Let me tell you thank you. Five stars and a review. That's all you got to do. It's an easy way to do it. Uh, I want to shout out a couple of people who left the Tinto Podcast reviews recently. We had one uh, in July. Uh, from the fourth Bash Brother, bring on Scott Moore. Scott is the best guest you've had on in a while. He had great Big 12 ideas and brings a fun, chaotic energy. That, of course, would be Scott Wildcat of Bosco's Boys. Uh, my bet is that he's talking about the episode we did where we discussed our younger, hipper, coolers ideas for the Big 12. It was a great episode. Go check it out. It's a ton of great 1012 podcast off-season content. If you haven't listened, you should go do so. Um, also, OK State Fan 1992, great content. Easily the best co podcast I follow that brings together representatives of each team in the Big 12 for their perspectives. Thank you. 
Uh, it really means a lot to see these positive reviews. It really means a lot to see uh, more five stars than anything else amongst my ratings. I appreciate it. If you listen on Spotify, you can leave a rating. If Whatever podcast app you use, if there's an option to leave five stars or a review, please do so. Uh, it really does help me out. I don't like asking for these things. I don't like having to make a Patreon to say like, hey, can you help us out? That's just the nature of the beast. And so we're going to do it. We are. My 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 job, along with getting these shows together, is to try and help them do whatever it is they want to do. Um, and generating revenue is part of that. And running ads is part of that. And finding advertising partners, which we hope to have a new one announced soon, is part of that. Um, would I love to be able to make money off this and never run an ad? Sure. It's just not realistic. Um, so thank you for listening. I, don't, I, don't want, I want you to understand this. Thank you. For all of you who, who listen, who listen every time, who've been listening for years to the show, who listen to their shows and, and interact with them on Twitter or listen to their podcasts because of their relationship with us, I, 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 I mean this as genuinely as I can say it. Thank you very, very much. It means a ton to me anytime somebody DMs the 1012 Network account on Twitter and says something nice or just wants to interact. Just wants to pick my brain. Just wants to talk about the Big 12 because they listen to an episode. Uh, DMs us on, on Instagram at 1012pod because they want to talk about the Big 12 because they liked a piece of content we put up. They liked a video or a clip. Sends an email. I have an email. It's 1012podcast at gmail.com. Uh, leaves a good review. Anything. Uh, anytime anyone does anything just to say, hey, nice work. Hey, thanks. Hey, I listened to the show. Hey, I listened to the show. That's six words, and it means a ton. So thank you to everybody. Um, thank you all. Please continue to support the show. Please support the other podcasts, not just mine in this network. This network is at its best and continues to grow because people support all the shows. So um, don't forget the Patreon. If you're interested, go check it out. I'd appreciate it. There is a good article in there. If you want to pay five bucks to read it and then be done, that's fine. I understand. A little bit behind the scenes here. A little uh, the man behind the curtain. Uh, I love doing this. I love the Big 12. I I don't know how many times I could say I, this is going to be one of the greatest seasons of college football ever created, period, hands down. Uh, the Pac-12 trying to to now beat the Big 12 in that by literally making it the last season of their conference. Ha <laughs> ha. But, look, the Big 12 is about to have one of the greatest years ever because OU and Texas are leaving. And they are marked. And there's four new teams. And there's old rivalries renewed. And it's going to be the one year of a 14-team conference before we're 16 next year. I just, I just, I can't wait. You can't wait. Don't forget soccer starts this week. Big 12 soccer. We've had exhibition games, or exhibition matches the last week. Big 12 soccer competitive matches start this week on Thursday. I'm, I'm very excited for that. I'm very excited. BYU has picked number one in the preseason Big 12 poll. BYU is new to the conference. They have a damn good soccer program. TCU with high expectations, Texas, West Virginia, Texas Tech. Like It's going to be a really good soccer season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Football's almost here. God, I just... Ugh. Yes. All right. Uh, I have rambled on enough. We've got two great interviews. Justin Williams from The Athletic here to talk about Cincinnati, who I have deemed the Big 12's mystery team for 2023, and just his thoughts on the Big 12 as someone who is now going to be covering the Big 12 more for The Athletic. You can roll your eyes and whatever about The Athletic. That's fine. Uh, Mandel, whatever. Um, Vanini is awesome. Yeah, he wrote one thing 
recently that was irritating. Vanini is awesome. Uh, Max Olsen is great. Sam Kahn is fantastic. Justin Williams, who is here on the show. There are very good writers and people at The Athletic do a dang good job covering the sport. Don't hold everyone against like what Stu Mandel's remarks against everybody. Okay. I'm happy to be subscribed to that website. And Justin Williams is awesome. And you're going to listen to him here talk about Cincinnati and the Big 12. And then, of course, Joe and Matt of the Bear Den, the new Baylor podcast in the 1012 Network. Good introduction to their show, I think. Stick around for both. Let's get to it. Very excited uh, for today's guest. He is someone I've wanted to have here on the show for a while. Uh, Justin Williams, if you don't know him, he has covered Cincinnati for The Athletic for going on six seasons now, uh, and uh, his coverage will uh, slightly expand uh, to cover more of the Big 12 now that Cincinnati will be in the conference. So it seemed like a perfect time to get him on and talk about a few different things. Justin, welcome to the 1012, sir. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, I want to talk a little Cincinnati and a little Big 12 and obviously a little realignment, both from you know two very different perspectives as Cincinnati has been part of conference realignment many times, obviously. Uh but let's let's start with Cincinnati since that's the team you've covered since I mean most of the Luke Fickle days. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati to me heading into this season is the biggest mystery team in the Big 12. It's for, especially from the Big 12 fan perspective. You know, we feel pretty good about the teams that we know. There weren't any other head coaching changes among the um Hateful Eight, as they are referred to. Then you have four schools incoming, so we're trying to get acquainted with them. But then you throw in Cincinnati with an entire head coaching change as Luke Fickle is off to Wisconsin. So Cincinnati really does feel like the biggest mystery team to me. You and I have kind of talked about this, some of like, we've done the offensive line ranking here on the show. And that was when we were like, I think it's these five. We don't really know. Like that's one of a couple of teams. There's this, I mean, we're, we're doing uh, wide receiver rankings. It's like, I don't know because there's a bunch of transfers and new names. So like, for Cincinnati, is it just, is that perspective like accurate, both from those kind of looking out and within, like how much of a mystery is Cincinnati this year? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's it's a mystery even, you know, to some extent within the team and on the coaching staff. You know, that's changed a little bit now that they've got fall camp starting. Um, but you, you mentioned the coaching change. The only uh, team in the pack or in the Big 12 this year that that had an offseason coaching change, which for a team with 14, a conference, conference with 14 teams is kind of remarkable in kind of today's uh, college football landscape. Uh, and they, I think they had 23 transfers, which, you know, Colorado, that was like an afternoon for them. I realize that's kind of the, the norm, um, but definitely just, a you know, a lot of overhaul on the roster. There's one returning starter on offense. Uh, and as you mentioned, the wide receiver room completely revamped uh, a new quarterback in Emory Jones. A number of those players, especially at wide receiver, were brought in after the the spring transfer window. So, you know, when they got out, uh, and, and and put the the pads on today at practice. That was kind of the first time they had done that in a Cincinnati uniform. So so definitely a lot of unknowns, a lot of question marks uh, on what this roster will look like, what the depth chart will look like here over the next couple of weeks. And so you know, in general, because of the change in leadership and and culture and style, really just a complete unknown. You know, even for the the most diehard Cincinnati fans of of what this team will look like on the field this season. There's obviously a ton of excitement because they wanted to get back to a power conference and and the Big Twelve, but there's also an understanding that there is going to be a, a learning curve with the coaching change and roster revamp and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think more than anything, fans are you know looking forward to, to what their team actually looks like and, and who lines up uh, when they kick off the season. I mean, there's a few spots we feel 
pretty good about those positions being said. Obviously, Emory Jones, we would expect him to be the first team quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, Outside of that, and uh, Corleone, how many spots do you feel like are set for this team? Yeah, the defense I actually think is is probably pretty close to being set. Now there are some some newcomers as a part of that, like Dorian Jones is a linebacker who followed Satterfield um, and defensive coordinator Brian Brown and those coaches from Louisville. You know, he's a new player, but he's you know kind of established as one of the middle linebackers. Same thing with uh, Jordan Young; he's a cornerback transfer from Florida who's looked really good. You know, this spring and summer. Yeah, I'm not quite ready to put him on the Sauce Gardner, Kobe Bryant level, but you know, he looks like he could be that kind of next boundary shutdown corner if he keeps playing the way he's looked uh, in preseason. But then, you know, guys, you mentioned Dante Corleone, who you know has gotten some first-team All-American nods. Um, Juwan Briggs uh, was a former Virginia transfer, was a first-team All-AAC player last year. Deshaun Pace, Ivan Pace's younger brother, uh, he, he'll start at kind of their star position. So I, I feel like even with some of the new faces, Daniel Greshik was a, a defensive end transfer they got from from Utah State. There's some new additions, but it seems like the defense is is more or less set, you know, certainly in terms of contributors and probably even in terms of starters. But the offense, yeah, it, it, there's still a lot wide open over there. You mentioned Emory Jones. He's kind of the, you know, quarterback um, de facto starter because he and Ben Bryant were, were in a, a quarterback battle in, in spring and then Ben Bryant transferred uh, to Northwestern, who was the starter last year. So it, it's Emory's job to have, basically. And there are some returners at running back. Corey Kiner, uh, Cincinnati kid who was a, a former LSU transfer, he'll probably be the starter and kind of workhorse at running back. But, but the wide receiver room, there is literally only one returning scholarship player who was a receiver last year on this roster. So they brought in a bunch of transfers. They moved Evan Prater, who was a former quarterback to wide receiver. And like, they, they think he's actually going to play and contribute for them. Uh, they bought it, brought in a bunch of transfers have kind of reshuffled the offensive line. So a lot of what camp is, is even if the, the coaches feel like they know, all right, these you know guys are probably who are going to be in the mix at guard or in the mix at wide receiver you know, it's still kind of figuring out what they look like and, you know, giving them some time to get out there and gel. So defense, I think that the coaching staff feels pretty good about, and that's going to be the strength of this team offense. You know, there's still a lot to kind of figure out and, um, and discover here over the next couple of weeks before the season starts. I'm, I'm very intrigued by Cincinnati. It's a very different team. I think from the outside, like if Luke fickle was coming into the big 12, we'd have very high expectations for Cincinnati both immediately and long-term, whereas now expectations for Cincinnati are very low from the outside. From a Cincinnati fan perspective, like how how do you feel like fans are kind of handling this change? Obviously excited to be joining the Big 12. I feel like a fan base torn about the new head coach, obviously sad to lose Luke Fickle. Like where do you feel like their kind of heads are at right now? Yeah, it's interesting because we're still, what, just like 18, 19 months removed from this team playing in the college football playoff. Yeah. Um, and and at that time, you know, th- they knew that they had found out that season they were going to the Big 12. So there was this sense that, like, Cincinnati's going to go into the Big 12 and, you know, be able to compete right away with Luke Fickle. Uh, they took a step back a little bit last year, you know, under Fickle. And, you know, I, I don't know they would have taken a step back. This season, but you know, it was going to be a little bit more of a transition. This was not the the playoff team from 2021 by any means. Um, but they had a strong recruiting class, and I think there was a sense that they could 
come in right away and and you know be in that top half of the conference if Luke Fickle had stayed and they had that stability. Once that change happened and some of the roster turnover happened, I do think the the reasonable rational portion of the fan base and, and every fan base has the non reasonable rational non rational portion, of but course. the ones that yeah the ones that were rational understood. All right, this is this is going to be a change. Um, and so, you know, when they were picked 13th in the preseason media poll, I don't think fans were like shocked or devastated by that. I think they kind of expected that because of all the unknowns. Um, so, so I'm interested to see, you know, once they actually get on the field, are our fans as patient and reasonable as they're kind of saying they're <laughs> going to be now? But honestly, the biggest thing, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this, is this is a fan base and a program that just for so long was desperate to get back to a power conference. You know, they were in the old big East when that fell apart and they kind of just got left on the outside looking in. And so as much as they, they want to come in and compete right away and win, there's also just this like elation of being in a power conference. So if Oklahoma comes in on September 23rd or whatever it is, and just blows the doors off Cincinnati and Nipper stadium, fans aren't going to be excited, but they're going to be excited that, Oklahoma's at you know a conference opponent in Nipper Stadium or even moving forward that Oklahoma State and Baylor and Texas Tech those teams that have such passionate fan bases you know Cincinnati feels like they weren't always getting that in the American Conference and so even if the the schedule or or, or the win-loss record doesn't look great this year I think there's just going to be so much excitement about being in the in the Big 12 that they'll be able to kind of move past that misery and, and be excited to be back on that stage you know I it's not a perfect equation, but I always found it interesting, like as a podcaster, it's always been easy for me to find people and guests bring on for the other Big 12 teams. And there's, I mean, ever since 2021, the Big 12 fan bases have become more connected and more vocal and more online than they already were with feeling like the whole world was against them. But when it came time to like trying to find shows and guests and things to start talking about the the new schools incoming, like the conversation I always had was like, hey, who do I get for this team? And it just didn't seem like the AAC was nearly as connected. Obviously, it's a conference that had gone through you know, a complete name. It came out of nowhere. You know, what was mm-hmm. left of the Big East and some other conferences kind of piled together. But it's never felt like these fan bases united and all these fan bases were vocal and, and, and big. And so finding people for some of these schools has been you know kind of difficult to, to reach out to, so, which kind of leads to your point, which I think is interesting, of Cincinnati fans being excited to be part of something that I think one of the things about the four schools that were brought in is the like-mindedness of four fan bases who really do care about athletics and are very excited. And part of that is having had this success that Houston and UCF and Cincinnati and BYU have had in college football. But it does feel like the Cincinnati Bearcat fans fit with the best of the Big 12. Obviously, there's different things, cinnamon and chili, yada, yada, yada. But it, it does feel like a, it does still feel like a fit and a group that makes sense in the Big 12. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, and, you know, kind of getting much more familiar with that Cincinnati fan base over the past few years. It is passionate and it's it's very online, maybe not quite online as the UCF <laughs> fan base, as, as I'm sure you've discovered. But like that's part of the reason that has become a little bit of a rivalry is, yes, those were two of the better teams in the AAC over the past few years, but also just two of the, you know, bigger and more vocal fan bases and so you know that kind of naturally became a rivalry because you know uh, look there's there's a lot of great things you can say about like the Tulsa and USF and Temple football programs and and they all have fans of course 
but it's just not at the level that Cincinnati was or Houston was or UCF was. And so for, you know, just from talking to Cincinnati fans, like one of the, I think most exciting things for them coming into this is like, Oh, you know, we get to go on the road, you know, to, to some of these, you know, road trips uh, at places where they're going to sell out and where the, you know, the fans are invested and crazy. And I think people that come to Nippert stadium in Cincinnati, will see that too. Uh, You know, and, and for those online fans, like they were excited to have, people on Twitter they could argue with and you know trade barbs <laughs> with and stuff like that because they just they honestly did not have that for you know much of the past decade and so yeah you're, you're totally right this is in, in all ways competitively financially but also just you know in terms of fandom um this is this is what the Cincinnati program has been striving for for a long time now I've said for a while and I'm not the only one that the team that I think benefited the most in the big 12 um for the four teams coming in is West Virginia. Um, part of that just being proximity, having another team closer to them geographically in Cincinnati and having UCF because it's Florida is a state that West Virginia has had a long history of recruiting well. And, you know, uh, if you ask West Virginia fans, Cincinnati is not a rival and they'll go point to the record when the two teams are in the Big East and, you know, how fans do that thing. If, if you have to make excuses for why a team is not a rival, blah, 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 blah. From a Cincinnati standpoint, like, I, I've I've seen it said that they're excited to have West Virginia on the schedule. Obviously, there's the Bob Huggins connection that was there, uh, not any longer. From Cincinnati, obviously, the UCF kind of rivalry carries over. How excited are they about having West Virginia on the schedule in the conference with them again? Oh yeah, no, no, it's huge. There's there's definitely a nostalgia for you know those those old Big East days of playing West Virginia, and like yeah, you know I've kind of seen some of that or West Virginia doesn't necessarily claim Cincinnati either that's like only made Cincinnati fans even even more excited you know it kind of <laughs> just gets their gird up a little bit um and here I realize it's not Penn State or um or, or Pitt or anything like that but I think it'll become very quickly a, a re-energized natural rivalry because of the proximity that you mentioned, because there is a little bit of history there. Uh, Neil Brown at, at Big 12 Media Days had had a good quote about kind of that uh, rivalry be, being reinvigorated, you know, just in part because it's a, a couple hour drive um, from from Morgantown to Cincinnati. And that's something that West Virginia has not had during its time in the Big 12. So I definitely think that was a selling point for the big 12, you know, it was a good thing for, for Cincinnati. And, and yeah, I think that's very quickly, you know, even if it's just geographically and, and that's what the big 12 is, you know, deciding to make kind of the, the rivalry. I think it's one that Cincinnati will definitely lean into. And, and I'm expecting West Virginia fans will, will quickly kind of lean into as well. Yeah. However, the schedule is going to stack up now that this conference is going to be 16 teams. I expect West Virginia and Cincinnati to be a, a protected game across all sports. All right, so the conference is going to 16. Um, It's been hard enough for me to try and get used to four new teams joining the conference and getting to know them before now. Now I've got to figure out how to get to know Colorado again, uh, as well as Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. You know, from someone who is now just kind of starting to get his hands into the Big 12 as well, learn more about this conference as you start to expand your coverage for the athletic. Like, how, how do you feel about Forget everything about realignment that's going on in the country because we all know it's absolutely insane that the Atlantic Coast Conference might be considering two teams on the opposite coast. Um, but just from the Big 12 perspective, like how do you view the Big 12 now that the – I don't even want to say dust is settled because it does, still doesn't feel settled. But where we are right now and where we expect to be in 2024 with 16 teams in this conference. Yeah, no, it's it's wild. It'll take some getting used to. I, like I was just – 
you know, kind of working on some Big 12 preview stuff and was talking to somebody at The Athletic the other day and, and mentioned the four new teams. And they were like, which four new teams? Because <laughs> you know, it's, there's there's now another four new teams that are coming in. Um, I mean, from like just a, a college football media and fan perspective, I think it's really a fascinating conference. You know, part of the thing that was exciting uh, about the Big 12 you know, moving forward after Texas and Oklahoma left was this idea that it was completely right, wide open, right? That, you know, all these teams involved felt like they could be contenders in the conference and uh, that there was this opening for anyone to kind of step up and establish themselves as a new alpha dog or anything like that. You know, I think the the four new teams, you know, feed into that, right? Like I realize Colorado hasn't been that successful, but there's a bunch of interest and excitement there with with Dion. Uh, Arizona seems to kind of be definitely moving in a, in a better direction under Jed Fish. So even with uh, it growing to 16 future teams, it still feels like it has that, you know, potential parity um, and kind of wide open quality when, when next season comes around. And I think that's exciting for a lot of fans. It, it, there might not be the the top end, you know, brands or contenders that uh, the Big Ten and the SEC have and all that. But there's also, you know, no offense to Vanderbilt and Rutgers and, and you know, things like that. There aren't really any of those teams right now in, in the Big 12. It used to be Kansas, right? And, you know, now Kansas seems to, to have improved. Um, so someone's going to finish last and have bad seasons the way like Iowa State did last year or, you know, a couple years ago or whatever. Um but it, it it I like as a as a fan of a sport that seems to be stripping away the the parody more and more. Uh, I like that the Big Twelve seems to be embracing that or, or is going to have that, and I, I assume I'm probably not alone in that. Uh, yes, much to the chagrin of Utah fans, we still don't feel like there's a team that's going to dominate this conference once the sixteen teams are all here. Uh, no, you know, it's we talk about in Big Twelve basketball all the time. You know how it's the best league in men's basketball period top to bottom and the part of that is the top is so good with your kansas and your baylor and 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 other teams like kansas state texas tech whoever rises up but even the bottom of the conference is still like at worst kim pom 70th right there's no sub 100 kim pom teams in the big 12 as everybody else has at least one if not a couple football is starting to feel the same way where no there's not an alabama there's not a georgia there's not an ohio state there's not a michigan there's not a consistently dominant you expect to be continuing for the playoff every year that doesn't mean you have won't have teams that are good that don't rise up that won't potentially get to especially an expanded playoff and win some games you just don't have an obvious title contender but the bottom because of kansas's elevation and even with west virginia's struggles they're still not an awful terrible football team that the bottom of the big 12 is by far the strongest of any conference and while some people say like well that doesn't really matter they're still not very good I'd still rather know that the competition level and the excitement in the conference from top to bottom where you get into November and still have like six, seven, potentially eight teams in contention for the championship game as opposed to which of these three are going to be get cut away and not make it to uh, Atlanta or Indianapolis or whatever. Like they're still going to be tight contention. And I just like that is so exciting to fans of the Big 12. And I think it's more of a selling point than some want to give it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there is a lot of value in starting a season and and genuinely, you know, not having the lip service of like, well, it's, it's anyone's, you know, chance to, to win the conference and it's wide <laughs> Everyone's, you know, zero and zero in the Big 12. You know, I think there's a lot of truth to that, right? Like starting next season, even this season, because I have learned very quickly how 
Big 12 fans feel about Oklahoma and Texas. Um, <laughs> I, I know that every time the athletic writes about like Texas, you know, being a, a big 12 perennial big 12 contender, I just go straight to the comments to see all of the people, like you know, reminding us the last time uh, Texas has, has won a conference championship in the big 12. Um, but definitely, you know, starting next year from a, you know, kind of brand perspective, but also competitive perspective, who is going into next season, just feeling like, you know, wow, you know, we have, we have no chance this year or moving forward. Like, you know, n- no one is, is going to feel that way. Uh, and, and to me, that's, what's really exciting. And and just from talking to whether it's Cincinnati fans or, you know, starting to kind of get a sense of, of the other fan bases, I think there's a lot of excitement and pride in that. So as you have began familiarizing yourself with the big 12, I'm, I, I'm curious, you know, I'm so used to being the one who's having to familiarize myself with all these new teams. You're someone who's familiarized himself with the Big 12. What are some things about this conference maybe you that you have learned that surprised you or just you found most interesting? Uh, I have the the great benefit, you know, especially at, at Big 12 Media Days a couple weeks ago, uh, is that I work with Sam Kahn Jr. And, and Max Olson, who, you know, are like two of the most uh, tied in people w- w- with that conference and, and know the history and have been to all the places. So, so that's been, you know, kind of really helpful for them to kind of give me a, a crash course on that. Um, I'm just, you know, excited to get to some of these places. I know some of them are not the easiest, um, you know, cities and, and stadiums to to get to, but that, you know, this has been brought up a lot with realignment. You know, one of the things that is so special uh, and unique about college football is like the, you know, the, the game day in that city, in that town. And it seems like the the big 12 just has so much um, history and tradition and, and uniqueness tied in with so many of these places. And so like, you know, I want to go to to Lubbock and, and Stillwater and Ames um, and, and just kind of experience what those places are, are like on a game day, because for a lot of people that, you know, have never been to, to Cincinnati or Nippert Stadium for a game. I think a lot of times they show up and they're kind of surprised at, at what it's like and and um, what that stadium is like on game day. And, and I know that's what it's going to be like for me going to, to all these places. I'm going I'm actually going to Lubbock in a, in a couple of weeks uh, to, to work on a story. And I've had multiple people, you know, oh, have you never been? you're going to get there. It's going to feel like you're at the end of the earth. You're going to think like, what the hell am I doing here? And then you're going to fall in love with it, you know, within a couple hours of being there. And, and I'm sure that's, you know, you know, you could say that about Manhattan or, or Lawrence or all these places. And I'm, I'm looking forward to experiencing that. I love it. Once you're there. Yes. End of the earth only in Lubbock. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, it is a much bigger and more interesting city than people give it credit for. It really is. Like you have wandered into some lost oasis that you didn't know existed in the middle of the desert and you're not sure if it's a mirage or not. I, I asked if I like I was like, oh, can I just fly into to Dallas and drive? And every single, you know, was like hilariously throwing their head back and laughing at me when I when I suggested that. So, uh, again, these are all just th- these things that I'm I'm learning about the, the Big 12 geography. <laughs> there's Big 12 geography and then there's state of Texas geography, which is a whole <laughs> different thing entirely. OK, you need two different maps, you the U.S. map and then Texas has an extra added fold out that you got to use. I know everyone right. uses phones now. No one uses a paper map. It's insane. Uh, Justin, you have been awesome. I really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to uh, continuing to read more of your work as you expand your coverage. Uh, Do me a favor. Where can everybody find the work you do to cover Cincinnati and now the Big 12? Yeah, I'm I'm on Twitter at Williams underscore Justin. Um, there, there's other famous Justin Williams out there, so I wasn't I wasn't first on the the Twitter handle, um, but you can find me there. And then you know, hopefully, if people have not subscribed to the Athletic with college football season starting, what better time um, than than to jump in on all the the realignment craziness and and the season that's coming up here in a few weeks. 
to the few Big 12 fans who are listening who just rolled their eyes, like, yes, there are people at The Athletic that not all Big 12 fans are fond of, but Justin does a really good job. And of course, Sam Kahn and Max Olson, who cover the Big 12, do a really good job of covering the Big 12. So if you want to just nitpick about the things you like, that is, that Listen, is worth subscribing. Every time I've had to, you know, get Max Olson's coffee order or, or pick up Sam Kahn's dry cleaning, <laughs> like they have been so generous and, and nice about it. So, uh, you know, de- definitely get on and, and support those guys. I'll make sure I let them know. I have yet to determine what we're supposed to call this week, which is the big 10, 12, I don't know, 10, 12 launch week, 10, 12 announcement week. This whole week, we're going to be unveiling a whole bunch of new things for the 10, 12 network. That includes a bunch of new podcasts. I told you the goal was a show for every school. Uh, two steps forward, four steps back. Now that there are four new programs joining the conference. Thanks corner four. Uh, but One of those new shows we are introducing today, uh, you might know them, you might not. If you don't, you're in for a treat. Joe Goodman and Matt Workman are the two hosts of The Bear Den, who will now be the official Baylor Bear podcast of the 1012 Network. Fellas, welcome. Thank you. We call it like, what, 1012-mas. It's it's Christmas in August for for Big 12 podcasting world. I like that. I like that. I can't find a good like name that makes sense i'm like the launch doesn't but like 10 12 miss hmm it's but it's not like july anymore so you can't do christmas i don't know I'm, I'm it's, it's the best time of the year like this is like we're at like the first week of december where you know christmas aka college football season is just around the corner and you've got like you got your plans for what's going down everybody's starting to get their tailgate plans up we're getting ready to go out and have fun and actually get to watch real football Woo! i'm excited yeah i got like two weeks to like week zero. I mean, it's, it's right here at the the cusp of college football where my wife won't see me anymore and my <laughs> children. So Baylor has eight how, home games this year. And so yeah. I, was yeah. doing, how, I was doing my schedule. How, how did my that life. happen? How did that happen? How did Baylor swing eight well, home I games th- in a season? I think we lost a non-con and we replaced it with a, a home game with someone. I want to say like Louisiana Tech, like backed out Louisiana of Louisiana Tech, yeah. They bailed on us. They bailed so on the series, had, so, so we added, uh, was it Long Island? Yeah, Long Island University, the Sharks. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, the first time I knew Long Island had a had a university that that played the sport of Division One football. Yeah, that game is basically a, is a, a COVID casualty where we had to cancel a home game and then they canceled the... We were supposed to, it was a uh, home, a home, and then they canceled the return visit. So that's right. I remember the Louisiana Tech game getting canceled and, and Baylor trying to find a replacement. Okay. Uh, well, that all makes sense. Congrats to Baylor for eight home games. Uh, maybe that will help you have a bounce back here. Uh, Joe and Matt, you guys have been, I would say, friends of the pod for a while. And uh, when the time came to really start digging in and find a Baylor show, you guys are on the list and you worked your way up like everyone else just ran all the other options like depleted. I'm kidding. Um, kind of. But <laughs> <laughs> you guys do a great job. You're funny as can be. I, I actually was listening to the part, the uh, uh, team up pod between you guys, Our Daily Bears and uh, Between Two Bears, R.I.P. I kid. They used to be in the network uh, doing the uh, immediate emergency reaction pod to realignment. And it was an absolute hoot. Both of you guys were funny. I didn't know that you both were that funny. And I can't tell if it was just like uh, Matt Isbear and Peter Pope rubbing off on the two of you or if you guys are just that naturally funny on a regular basis. 
I look, I, the, the Baylor pod is always going to be the pod I'm going to have to rib the most. So just get ready for it. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it makes sense. You, you, you know, we expect it from the Stillwater people. Um, no, I mean, I don't personally think I'm that funny. Um, uh, I'm, I am also much more tame because you said Matt and Peter rubbing off on us, and I'm not going to touch that one. If Matt is bare were here, he would have. Um, <laughs> rubbing off and touching. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but no, nah, man, it's. I think it's similar to just the way we do our pod. We're just, we're just a couple of dudes who, uh, who, who like to hang out and 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 talk. And it was kind of. Well, if we're going to talk for a couple of hours about football anyway, we might as well do it in front of a microphone. Um, and that my, was my a wild story day. That was a wild yeah. day, too. That was, oh, like that that was a wild day. I mean, there was just so much news that was coming out, man. Like, it was all hilarious. Just the, the entire concept of what happened to the Pac-12. As sad as it is, as a college football fan, as a person who grew up, like, you know, not really having, like, a main team you know, to root for until I was about like 12 years old when my sister went to OU. Sorry, you're going to hate me even more. I grew up a Sooner fan um, before I went to Baylor. But like I watched mostly like national football. Right. And so losing the Pac-12 is sad as a Baylor fan and a Big 12 fan. It was the funniest thing that ever happened. So, yeah, yeah that that was a po- uh, that pod was a blast to record. Fun fact, I actually went to OU. I've graduated from Oklahoma. My degree is from the University of Oklahoma. Wow. Which is every Yes, uh every time someone finds out about that, they immediately have to go, "Okay, you have to explain this to me. You a diehard Oklahoma State fan graduated from Oklahoma." Yes, it's it's true. It's you know what? It it it, it was what it was. I, I I almost avoided stepping foot in that stadium my entire time there until commencement and it was the only time I ever went into the stadium, the football stadium. Until like I dated an, an OU fan later on and I went and box seats for some games. But that's another story for another day. Well, the story I want to hear from you guys right now is like, how? tell me about the Bear Den. Introduce the Bear Den to our listeners and, and kind of how did this show come together? Well, I had started a podcast because really it was like I listened to like your show Aww. and our daily podcast and things like that. And I was like, you know, I want to talk to talk about football. I love football and I've you know, no outlet for that. So I started and I think like I had you on my little mm-hmm. podcast and I'd have Shehan on and even like John Kurtz came on to talk about Kansas State. And Dude, just, you had like a stellar little like cast of characters that you and were, that's you just got DMing people like just do. Hey, do you want to pop on the podcast? I have this little podcast. Yeah, thank, thanks for that, Elon, um, for shutting down all the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then. It was, I guess, during. It really didn't get a lot of traction, and it's. I found that it's hard to like be a a solo podcast host, and then during COVID and everyone's at home, I kind of just DM'd Joe. I was like, "Hey, I have this podcast no one listens to. You want to you want to co-host with me?" And he was like, "Sure." And so, so we did. Yeah, I I, I actually found the DM, and we <laughs> missed our anniversary, Matt. It was um, August fourth, twenty twenty one, and his exact words were. I started a Baylor podcast that no one listens to. You want to jump on and talk football? And yeah. I just said, sure. When do you record? Did, did you, cause it was did like, you guys know each other beforehand or was this just a rant? No. Well, this is nah. from like, it was like during COVID and like really the national bas- national championship for basketball run. And all the Baylor fans were like on Twitter becoming yeah like we, we had never talked like yeah we had replied to each other's tweets and stuff but like yeah. no we had never dm'd replied to tweets anything. liked each other tweets like and like 
told jokes. Our first podcast was the first time I ever talked to him. Like the first time I ever heard his voice was the first time we recorded our first podcast. And that was 119 podcasts ago. We recorded a whole, what, like the first time we met was probably the first game of last year. Yeah. Cause you weren't living in Waco. That's correct. Yeah. When I moved back to Waco. So it's like, we didn't meet, we'd done it like almost two years of podcasting. We never met. I mean, I, I, isn't that the wildest thing about podcasting though, is I have people I have talked to. I don't know how many times that I've had like friendships with because of podcasting and like big 12, I've never met them in person. Like this is the closest just being on a zoom call, having a conversation about sports is the closest I've ever come and might ever like, there's some I've met at big 12 media days, but outside of that, like, Nope, never seen them in person, never shook their hand. It's weird. And yet, this kind of thing happens. But I, I do love that you guys have like a modern day love story of like, we just flirted on Twitter and then hit up someone in the DMs and now you make a podcast together. Yeah, you slid into my DMs. Of, you know, going to therapy. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, like, kind of give me an idea for people who would be tuning in because I, I hope everybody, if you're a Baylor fan listening to our show and you haven't checked it out yet, you're going to. Like, you're. That's a demand, not a request. Uh, if you're a Big 12 fan and you haven't listened to the show yet, you should. But like, give people an idea of kind of like what should they expect when they come to the Bear Den? I think we are we have like a – it's a two-act show. So act one is generally – is sports. You know, we'll say that. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of start off and we go from, you know, high level to more granular stuff. Oh, I got consultant talk going now. Um, but we'll start off with, you know, hey, this is kind of national sports stuff. We'll comment on that. And then we'll get down to, you know, specific Baylor talk during football season. Um, we'll, you know, we'll do Baylor picks, but we also, we'll also cover the whole big 12 and, and talk about picks there. Um, but the other side of it is that Matt and I are both absolute nerds and, uh, super into star Wars, Lord of the Rings, all the Marvel stuff that you could ever imagine. You know, your, your basic mainstream nerds that exist out there. So generally the, the back half of our show is always pop culture stuff based around, Hey, what are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to right now? Um, and, and when, you know, major shows or movies will come out, we'll do segments that are around like, hey, we're watching Loki week to week or, you know, um, if, a, you know, when Ahsoka comes out later this month, we're going to be watching that and we're going to be uh, doing segments on that. So um, and, and that really comes from Matt. Matt was always kind of the guy that didn't just want to talk about sports. He wanted to talk about his other passions. Yeah. And we basically when when we do talk about sports, like the way we kind of look at it is like we're we're not like big schematic guys and can break down what the wide zone offense is for Baylor. But we're just kind of like, like Joe likes to say, like we kind of go off of vibes. And so like we talk about it, like we're talking to each other at a tailgate here's, or the day after a game and here's our, uh, our thoughts and what we saw. So no, that works. And I think, I think that like you, again, I, I make a lot of jokes here because you know, that's me. Um, but you guys do a good show. Like you do a really good show. And it's it's why I'm thrilled to have you in the network. That's why I'm thrilled to have you as our Baylor show. Uh, by the way, when you get to the nerdy stuff, like invite me more. I'm happy to talk about these things. Surely you've had Gerald Goodridge on too, because I don't know. Oh, a absolutely. Bigger, like nerdy also covers a big 12 team podcast host than Gerald. So if you haven't had him on yet, it's Texas, but you you should. Well, well yeah, yeah, we'll make it should. work. We'll make it work. I did pick them to go undefeated this year. So. Undefeated? Undefeated. He picked yeah. them undefeated. Yes. It's my, hey, it's my process, man. You know, the universe hates me generally, so we got to put things out there. Like, win Big 12, sure. <laughs> got to get those engagements. 
Gotta get those engagements from Texas fans. For a little bit longer, and then it doesn't matter anymore because they'll be off doing their own thing in the SEC and enjoying eight and four seasons. Look, all I know is there's just zero possibility that Texas will lose a game this year. It's just, could you imagine Texas losing? I can't. No one can imagine Texas losing this year. I don't have enough examples of it. I don't have enough examples of it happening in the past for me to be able to mentally form that as a picture in my mind, like it's, it's an incomplete, it's a puzzle my kids put together, which means it's not in, not complete. And there's pieces that are lost forever. Who knows where, as I sit <laughs> in the children's room when there are puzzles in the wall, um, putting together Lego. Sets I have a two year old. That's my life. Yes. I, I understand that. Yeah, putting together Lego sets with kids is fun, except for how many times you're like, okay, let me pick that off the floor. Okay. Let me pick that one off the floor. Okay. Let me pick that one off the floor. Okay. Let me pick that one off the floor. Uh, how, okay. So tell everybody, uh, where can they check out your show? How often can they check out their, your show? Like plug it away, please. Well, we, uh, we do drop every week. So we're a weekly show, uh, during football season, we will normally pick a day. It just depends on how we're feeling doing like pregame shows or postgame shows. Um, so we'll kind of figure that out here in the coming weeks before week one of football. So, um, you can't expect a show that'll come out weekly from us. Um, and then you can find us on the com, of course, anywhere you can find 1012 network stuff as well. Um, and then Matt, where can they find us on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore workman, and you can find the podcast at the Baird in pod. And then yeah. I'm also on threads or blue sky. So you can just like, kind of, I'm kind of everywhere. Did you so. get a blue sky? I still haven't gotten one. They still I got a, not- a, a, a friend of me and Joe's or another one of those online friends of mine he was like hey i got an invite and i was i was just as a lot of big 12 fans i was just always online so i was like i'll take it he's like you won and he sent it over to me so it was just like luck of the draw okay uh, so i i'm not gonna lie i still don't know what blue sky is uh, it's i don't i don't know either okay let's, let's wrap on this real quick um you've made the comment i make the comment we all make the comment there's no more online conference fan bases than the big 12 especially now that ucf is involved and apparently utah but in a very different an angry way. Uh, okay, so in the in the scale of the new sixteen team Big Twelve, where do you rank Baylor's fans among the most online? Ooh, oh, this is a mm. great question. So there are not as many of us. It's yeah, it's a low number. But the ones of us that are there are loud always, and quite annoying. Always and there. Though I think yeah. I think we also land in two camps. Like there's kind of like the uh the people that did not wear the the coach art Bryles wristbands and the people that did. And so like that yeah, you will you will come across people that like uh, that many of us are kind of like, yeah, you know, uh, that ain't us. And then they they also feel the same way about about us. Yeah, too, but. you have to wade through some people that you wonder where they were on January sixth. And then <laughs> So, um, I, I'll, yeah, I'll be honest. Those out. I think that's the, fair for every Big Twelve fan base. <laughs> true, that's very true. I mean, based off of geography, uh, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> red and blue. Baylor was like, even when I started the show, Baylor was the like almost think the last school for me to find like a the good collection of fans and consistent guests. Like, I had such a hard time. Like, I think I had some people from three sixty five on a couple times, but like, I it wasn't until like. Evan and Matt and then then you guys and then a couple other just people but it was always a hard time to find like Baylor fans it's like okay who's covering Baylor and oh no I don't like that opinion nope that's not good like 
it took a while for me to get the algorithm to weed out the CABs and and leave in the good ones like the Travis Readers yeah. and the 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 ladies of the Sour Grape podcast and you guys and Evan and Matt is Bear and the and the uh, R Daily Bears and so once I found the like good corner of Baylor fans like you guys are awesome like it's if if and I always say this to Big Twelve fans it's like I know your opinions on for some of your opinions on Baylor he he shall not be named yada 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 like there is still a collection of baylor fans that will make you like baylor not have to root for them if you don't want to that's fine but like will make you at least like baylor fans and appreciate baylor fans and i think you guys are among them so yeah it's it, it, it is it is refreshing and embarrassing at the same time when like an <laughs> iowa state fan will meet me and be like he's like oh you're a good baylor fan and i'm like well thank <laughs> you for requiring that adjective um you know but yeah sure but no it's great like uh you know matt mentioned you know going through covid and that's kind of where we met each other like that little coalition of baylor fans like we're at, we're like pretty close and it's so like the tailgate that we have we like jokingly call it the baylor twitter tailgate like it's like yeah half the people there it'll you'll just get dms during the day like hey where are you guys and it's like oh come on over like this is where we're at so yeah because you mentioned um, like sour grapes like it's like edda's in there and then you have max garner and we have everyone all these like this group of baylor fans that maybe don't fit the typical mold of what people see from Baylor fans kind of like grouped together. There, there's the next Baylor podcast idea. It's just called the good Baylor fans <laughs> or the good Baylor. There it is. It's the good Baylor podcast. Uh, you we're, guys we're are just awesome. in reverse, but just because we have, uh, you know, there used to be in Waco, a liquor store called bad bear liquor. It's not there anymore, but I miss it. And so like, maybe that'll be us. We're, we're just the, we're the bad bear Twitter. We do swear. So we're the, we're probably the few Baylor podcasts that swears when we record. So <laughs> heavens to Betsy. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Uh, the Bear Den podcast. Find it everywhere podcasts are available. And of course, you should now be able to find it at 1012network.com. Joe, Matt, welcome. And uh, we look forward to having you on more, man. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Podcast Network.